Thank you for being here today to create this community. I missed seeing you on September 16th when Florence compelled us to cancel the service that we had planned. And then a storm of a very different kind appeared. I felt it important to attend directly to what is on the hearts and minds of so many of us in these days. Today, I have felt myself and so many in my circle have expressed a need for comfort, to be in the company of people who long for love and for justice, to create a safe space, to grieve, to breathe, to pray. If you're visiting today, I want to echo Julie's welcome. Whether you are joining us just for one morning or if you are looking for a faith home, I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend your time with us today. In the old myth, you may recall that Daphne was a nymph. She had no interest in marriage, delighting instead to run in the woods. The god Apollo was captivated by Daphne. He saw her tussled hair and imagined how great she might look if her hair were arranged. He was compelled to follow her, stalk her really, and she ran. Stay, said Apollo, you make me miserable for fear you should fall and hurt yourself on these stones and I should be the cause. I am no rude peasant. Jupiter is my father and I am Lord. Daphne kept running. The god grew impatient and gained upon her in the race. It was like a hound pursuing a hare. Her strength began to fail, and ready to sink, she called upon her father, the river god, Help me. Scarcely had she spoken when a stiffness seized her limbs. Her bosom began to be enclosed in a tender bark. Her hair became leaves. Her arms became branches. Her feet, once so swift, became stuck in the ground with stubborn roots. Apollo stood amazed. Since you cannot be my wife, said he, you shall be my tree. I will wear you for my crown. Comedian Hannah Gadsby, a victim of sexual assault, in her brilliant one-woman show, Nanette, says... I don't even think lesbian is the right identity for me. I really don't. I might as well just come out now. I identify as tired. I'm just tired. In this past week, I noticed that I was way more tired than usual. You too? And I read Unitarian Universalist minister Peggy Clark's counsel this week to her male friends. She said, be gentle with the women in your lives. You are not likely to understand how traumatizing this last week has been. You may not understand why the women that you love are on edge, so I'm telling you. Those of us who are in women-only spaces or in professions that put us in proximity to other people's pain can attest to the intensity of this week. Be gentle with the women you love. 
right. I've experienced my share of sexual harassment and the daily buzzing, gnat frustrations and sadnesses of living in a female body in this patriarchal culture. Not feeling safe to go running before dawn on the greenway by my house, even though I would really love to. Carefully judging how high my skirt can go or how low my neckline is before I fear you will not take me seriously. Going to ministerial conferences with my husband, who has the same education and the same credentials, and being utterly ignored by male colleagues. And I have spent the last two decades in jails and prisons listening to the stories of women who have experienced all forms of sexual assault. I've listened to thousands, thousands of terrible stories from so many women who never told what happened to them until much later, when they were locked up in a jail or a treatment facility, or who courageously told their stories, and too often their bravery was unrewarded or punished. On a day-to-day basis, I put all of this somewhere in my psyche, my brain, my nervous system. When Christine Blasey Ford spoke on Thursday, author Glennon Doyle Melton said of the moment, (coughs) she is all of us. We are her. That's why we can barely breathe right now. As Dr. Ford spoke so capably and powerfully, it was if I could feel again and all at once the weight of each woman's story I've ever heard over the years. And I was at one with all of the women I know who have been directly impacted by sexual assault. My beautiful best friend from childhood, the dozens and dozens of UU women ministers who have shared their stories of sexual abuse and assault in an online group of which I'm a part. Like most of you probably, I've read and heard new stories this week, lots of new stories, and have witnessed the deep pain of those who have been sexually abused. Judith Lewis Herman in Trauma and Recovery says, Folk wisdom is filled with ghosts who refuse to rest in their graves until their stories are told. Remembering and telling the truth about terrible events are prerequisites for the restoration of the social order and for the healing of individual victims. All of this pain, all of this unveiling, it's intense especially for those of you who are directly impacted. Whatever feelings you arrive with today, I want you to know that those are welcome here. If it helps you to have ministerial permission to feel what you're feeling, so granted. Your rage is welcome here. Your shame, your grief, your longing, your fear, all of it. In whatever chaotic, 
or messy way is showing up for you now. I'd like to take just a moment before I go on to invite us to do what we probably haven't done enough of in the last days, to breathe, to be still. Whatever it is that these last days have brought up for you, I invite you to connect with that. And as you do, to send as much loving kindness to yourself as you possibly can. If the last week hasn't been a particular struggle to you, I invite you to bring to the mind, to your mind, a woman who you know is in pain this week. And send her as much loving kindness as you possibly can. As we honor our understandable pain, not pushing it away, not covering it over, can we also, at the same time, make room for gratitude? Yes, even now, gratitude. <coughs> Times like this are when the spiritual rubber hits the road. It is the time when we must draw on whatever resources we have to cope, emotional, spiritual. We pause in gratitude for all of the people, even in bleak times, who refuse to despair. Those who are this very day knocking on doors, making calls, <coughs> registering voters with fervent passion, Benaro Overstreet's short poem attests to this impulse. You say the little efforts that I make will do no good. They will never prevail. To tip the hovering scale where justice hangs in the balance. I don't think I ever thought they would. But I am prejudiced beyond debate in favor of my right to choose which side should feel the stubborn ounces of my weight. I am grateful for the many stubborn ounces of weight that resulted in women gaining the right to vote, not even a hundred years ago. Think about that. The stubborn ounces of weight that have pushed doors of opportunity open for me. And there are women in here who have done that for me. And I thank you. I'm grateful for Anna Maria Archila, a sexual assault survivor, who spoke her truth forcefully in an elevator, who refused to let a senator pass until she shared and he heard her story, until he heard her outrage and her anger, speaking truth to power for all of us. I'm grateful for those rare and beautiful moments when we see the results of our stubborn ounces of weight. We pause in gratitude for the bravery of Dr. Ford, admittedly terrified, yet still speaking her truth. She said, this was an extremely hard thing for me to do, but I felt that I couldn't not do it. 
May each of us find the courage to dig that deep in our lives. We pause with gratitude for the small and large ways that people are energetically smashing the patriarchy. Our members, John Sheriffs and Deline Huggins, traveled last week to train in facilitating the Our Whole Lives curriculum, a comprehensive sexuality education program that I think is among the best things that we as a faith community do. Through Our Whole Lives, we teach our kids what consent means. We teach our kids that sexual abuse is never their fault and what to do if it does happen to them. We give our boys role models and prove to them that they can be both masculine and kind. We pause in gratitude for the men who are our allies, the men who won't participate in locker room talk, who apologize, who see us, who listen, who believe women. Thank you. And most especially, we pause in gratitude for the survivors. The survivors who, despite what happened to them, have refused to give up. We honor the survivors who are in this room today. We honor you. <coughs> Those who speak up about your experiences and we honor you if you have never felt safe to share what you've been through. Even through flashbacks or nightmares, even with brains that are irreparably changed through trauma, amazingly, you heal. You learn to trust life and love again. You work through your pain in therapy and support groups and miraculously, you find ways home to your bodies and to your lives. You learn to laugh again. You parent and grandparent with love. You channel your painful experiences to help others. Some like Maya Angelou or Oprah Winfrey or Eve Ensler do this in grand ways, changing the lives of millions. Others live quietly resilient lives often with expanded compassion for those in pain. And we pause in gratitude for this community. Grateful for those of you who have created this clearing in the woods in the Catawba Valley that is imperfect but is so vitally important. This place where women can lead and where women's experiences are honored. Judith Herman notes in Trauma and Recovery, traumatic events destroy the sustaining bonds between individual and community. Those who have survived learn that their sense of worth and of humanity depends on feeling connected to others. In all of the ugliness we've witnessed this week, we celebrate this community where all of us, no matter what has been done to us, can connect 
to other human beings to recognize our inherent worth and dignity. In these tumultuous days, we come together to do what faith communities do. We stubbornly search for what to praise. We remind ourselves, even through our rage, to bend toward compassion. We can do what we can't do over a screen. Sing together. Hold hands. Breathe together. And we commit to doing what is in our power to create a beloved community. In closing, I want to tell you a new story. I didn't like the old one. A new myth for a new day. Daphne was a nymph. No interest in marriage, delighting instead to run in the woods. The god Apollo was captivated by her. He was compelled to follow her, and she ran. She was terrified, using all her great strength and speed to get away. But then, quite suddenly, the running footsteps stop, and Apollo stands still. He breathes, mindfully, as he's been taught by his father. The hunger in him calms. Daphne, the chase pause, turns toward Apollo. He looks at Daphne, and this time he sees her. Where at first she was an object of prey, he sees beyond her physical beauty to the essence of her being. He remembers what his mentors have taught him, the good men. He knows he cannot have her, not like this. Daphne, he says, I'm sorry I scared you. Daphne sees beyond Apollo's hunger to the essence of his being. Trusting now that she is safe, she smiles. And in that moment, the forest of trees surrounding Daphne comes alive. They're women in the past who had been stalked and hurt, their lives disrupted. They shake off the bark and remember what it is to move freely. They regard their many sisters and smile that they have survived their long ordeal. They laugh and dance and sing that the spell is now broken and they are finally free. I invite you to close your eyes and hear words written by my husband, Reverend James Leach. For the widow who has spent decades trying to forget that fear-filled encounter and who now cannot stop remembering every single detail, may there be a listening heart, a clear message. We hear you. We believe you. We love you. For the man waited with shame at what was done to you, and who cannot imagine what it would be like to tell your truth. May there be a listening ear, 
and an open heart, a clear message. We hear you, we believe you, we love you. For the queer kid who walks into every space wondering who knows and who is saying what and who in your world gives one single damn, may there be a listening ear, an open heart, a clear message. We hear you, we believe you, we love you. For every woman, for every woman who is newly triggered, who is gritting your teeth through each day and crying through each night, who faces an unending gauntlet of questions, doubts, dismissals, erasure. May love in this world conspire to offer you some listening ear, some open heart, some clear, unequivocal message that you are loved, that you are loved, that you are loved. Amen.